0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Hey, man, I'm doing good, but you're looking kind of like a sponge to me with all the holes. Yeah, <laughs> <You> <laughs> little Swiss okay? cheesed up. Yeah. Had my second surgery in two weeks, thanks to Dr. Adler over in Stewart. What a great Dude. guy. Did a great job. Check this out. Sorry, I don't. I don't miss shows, folks. Can you see that? Look, oh. there's my arm. <laughs> <laughs> That's just one. There's like about Paula. How many? Like ten of those? Fifteen of those? <laughs> yes. <Yeah, laughs> about. I had um. Some had have some stuff taken out of my arm. I'm not dying. I'm okay. It's not a big deal. I don't want to be hyperbolic, overly dramatic, but. Um, you know, it was getting a little weird and I was getting worried. So deal, man. So they, they operated and cut a bunch of stuff out of me. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting night, to say the least. I don't ever take, like, pain medication for anything. And I was dying last night. I said to my wife, you know, give me something. So She gave me some Tylenol, extra strength. That stuff worked, man. I was like, yes, nice. And I actually slept okay. So, uh, again, enough about the Dan Bongino medical malady hour. That's going to be like a segment we could do, right? What's Dan's problem this week? He- he had some fatty tumors removed from his arms that are bleeding <laughs> <laughs> all over. But uh, we don't miss shows here. So, alright folks, today's show I got some good stuff for you today. Don't go anywhere. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at Blinkist. Blinkist listen, if you're like me, the list of books you want to read or people suggest that you should read is never ending and always expanding. Who has the time to read them all? Our sponsor Link, uh, Blinkist Excuse me, has solved your long list of must reads once and for all. Blinkist is the only app that takes thousands of best-selling non-fiction books and distills them down to their most impactful elements so you can read or listen to them in under 15 minutes all on your phone i listen in my car you plug it right into the car dash and there you go the most impactful elements are the most important books you get them all on your phone all in my car when i'm sitting there driving you'll expand your knowledge and learn more in just 15 minutes and you can learn almost any other way plus you can listen anywhere throw in your headphones if you want to listen out on the road the blinkist library is massive and growing it has timeless classics to current bestsellers Uh, one of the I like the Nassim Taleb books they have there they also have some other stuff some older stuff as well which is pretty good Uh, Blinkist is constantly curating and adding new titles from best of lists so you're always getting the most powerful ideas in a made for mobile format 5 million people are using Blinkist to expand their minds 15 minutes at a time get started today right now for a limited time Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience go to Blinkist.com slash Dan to start your free 7 day trial that's Blinkist spelled Blink B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T Blinkist.com slash Dan to start your free seven-day trial blinkist.com slash dan man do i got some news for you so devin nunes hey! the great devin nunes who oh we owe a deep debt of gratitude along with jim jordan and mark meadows uh republicans up on capitol hill yep. for digging into the spy gay drama yep. so joe but uh, devin nunes uh was on hannity sean hannity's radio program yesterday mm-hmm. i unfortunately missed it uh because i was preoccupied having my arm uh cut up (laughs) (laughs) so I missed but I received a number of emails on it and went back and listened to some segments of it some snippets of it and a lot of people are congratulating us ah. the show because Devin Nunes who is a re- of course the Republican congressional uh, member who was dug into this Spygate case from the beginning apparently went on the Hannity show and discussed our movie script theory ah. which I can't take full credit for right. folks in order what my interest in doing that there are a lot of people who've been involved in this from the start some sources of mine you know who you are and other people I am a purveyor of information and aggregator of information an analyst of information but this is not all my stuff i have no interest in patting myself on the back here uh but i appreciate your emails i'm glad we got the information out so long long and short of it is nunes appears on the hannity show yesterday and he makes two key takeaways two points that have been discussed on this show repeatedly so you don't think you've been wasting your time here number one he hints at the fact joe (laughs) joe joe cornea (laughs) Uh, He hints at the fact that maybe Christopher Steele (laughs) didn't write the dossier as Chuck Todd and John Brennan refer to it. The dossier. Dossier. The the, the dossier. The dossier. We'll just call it the dossier like normal. The dossier. Like if you want to sound super smart, pretentious, (laughs) the dossier. But Nunes hints at. The fact that Steele may not have written the dossier or may have written components of it, and they may have used his name on it. Now, why is that a big deal? Well, folks, this is critical. The fact that Nunes said it yesterday, you know, the Nunes translator, he leaks out stuff slowly but surely because he doesn't want to get into trouble with leaking classified information. He's not a bad guy like Adam Schiff. If Steele didn't write it, We got a problem, folks. Mm -hmm. Houston, we've got a problem. What is that problem, Joe? The problem is the FBI has already sworn in the FISA court using the FISA court to spy on the Trump team, a political campaign, that the information did come from Christopher Steele.
1: Oh, no. Oh, boy.
0: Now, you know why, Uh, again, I don't want to repeat old shows, but it's important. The reason they had to use Christopher Steele's Uh name on this information is because they had used Christopher Steele before as a source in the soccer corruption case, the FIFA case. Uh So Christopher Steele had bona fides, had credibility as a source, making his information in the FISA court, Joe, appear more serious and more grave than it was. The catch, Joe, Uh Steele may not have written it. Nunes drops that bomb yesterday on Hannity Radio but he dropped again a point you've heard here before I'm not taking credit for it please don't take that the wrong way I just want my audience matters to me more than anything that's why I cut up my arm and show up the next day to do this show I don't want to lose you ever and I just don't want you to think you're wasting your time here the people I've worked on this are really really good second takeaway Joe Nunes mentions the movie script. I think he even uses the term movie script. Wow, Mm. that's phenomenal. Where'd you hear that before? (laughs) In other words, the fact that Glenn Simpson from Fusion GPS paid by Hillary Clinton to basically dig up negative information on Trump, that Simpson had already written about things that themes let's say that appeared in the dossier before what we call on this show the movie script and that movie script is the 2007 wall street journal article we've put up you know gosh hundreds of times on the show we've linked to in the show notes where simpson already writes about manafort and soviet in- influence mm-hmm. uh, ex-soviet influence in the united states in other words simpson already had this prefabricated movie script that the russians we're trying to influence our, our election, influence our economy, influence our political policies, our our, uh, our ideological leanings in this country. And they were using Americans to do it, Manafort being one of them. I believe Simpson transplanted that into the Trump campaign via Manafort, even though there was no connection between Trump and the Russians at all. That was illicit, basically pl- taking this movie plot and just sticking the name Trump in it. I found it fascinating, fascinating that Nunes brought that up yesterday. <laughs> all right yeah dude all right so uh, where does this go in the new news department because i don't like to reiterate old stuff but it's important given that i got all these emails i felt people are asking me why didn't you address it why didn't you address it well because i got a lot of news to discuss and i you know i don't like laudatory stuff like hey look at us um so we do have some re- new revelations here. The Epic Times has a great piece. Jeff Carlson, who I hat tip often because his work is just incredible. I, I can't say it enough. He had the Lisa Page, Bruce Orr stuff a while ago, uh, the testimony. So Jeff Carlson has a new piece out about Nellie Orr. And, and Nellie Orr, her testimony confirms her work for the CIA. Now, <laughs> Now my opening will make more sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a fascinating piece. that's in the show notes. I cannot encourage you strongly enough to read it. Please go to Bongino.com. If you subscribe to my email list, very easy. Just click subscribe in the drop down menu. I will send you these articles every day, so you don't have to go look for them. Carlson addresses Nellie Orr's testimony, where she basically admits now that she worked for this open source division of the Central Intelligence Agency for a very long time. So Joe, in relationship now to how we open the show with Nunes, Nunes now acknowledging right. and hinting at the fact that the dossier may not have been written by Steele right. and that this movie script they had in advance about Russian influence in the United States, that they may have just transplanted Trump into that story. The movie script was already it was get ready to be bought mm-hmm. and somebody bought it. That somebody's Hillary Clinton. Oh, dude. Yeah, this is going to get good. Now we know Orr has re- has relationships with the Central Intelligence Agency. right? Professional relationships. Uh, right. I'm not talking about like the, they had a turkey sandwich in the local pot bellies across from the White House. I'm talking about professional paid relationships where Nellie Orr now admits to being an independent contractor with the CIA. Reminds me of American Made by Tom Cruise with the
1: CIA. Yeah.
0: That was a great yeah. movie, by the way. I, I love that movie. These were professional relationships. So let's start to put two plus two plus two together and get to that six we need to get to. Mm-hmm. So now we know that the FBI accepted a dossier that was fake, a dossier that they they said in court was written by a spy they had used before had credibility. It seems highly likely that that information in that dossier was not in fact all provided by Steele, that some of it may have been provided by Simpson and people working for him. Mm-hmm. We now know Nellie Orr, Bruce Orr from the Department of Justice, the number four official in the Department of Justice, Bruce, that his wife is working for that company, Fusion GPS. We also know Orr has had professional relationships with the Central Intelligence Agency for a long time. Let me read this. This is from from the Carlson piece. This is important. Prior to her work for Fusion GPS, Orr worked for an internal open source division of the CIA named Open Source Works from 2008 to at least June of 2010. It appears likely she remained in that role until 2014. Notably, Open Source Works is a separate entity from the more commonly known government open source division, Open Source Enterprises, formerly known as the Open Source Center. It goes on later on. In 2010... Orr was listed as a participant on a June, this is great, This is Joe, this is good, on a June 2010 DOJ report titled, Expert Working Group Report on International Organized Crime. Orr was described as Nellie Orr, researcher, open source works, Washington, D.C. Wait, 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 wait. It gets better. Listed on the same page where her husband, Bruce Orr, And Glenn Simpson, movie script guy, who was at the time a senior fellow international assessment and strategy center. How delicious is this stuff? Wow. So now we know movie script guy who some of the same characters who appear in his 2007 Wall Street Journal story appear in the dossier with similar themes. Now we know he has a relationship with Broussard. Broussard admits knowing him at the Department of Justice as far back as 2007. He admits knowing Steele, excuse me, as far back as 2007. We now know he knows Simpson as well because they were on this uh, symposium together. And Orr admits, Nellie Orr, in her testimony, admits her husband knew Simpson. So now I have in big capital letters, these guys and ladies all knew each other. You got the whole production company going on there, dude. They got a whole production. Orr Productions, babe. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Gaslight Productions, Inc., LLC, DBA, DBA. DBA, Glenn Simpson, Nellie Orr, Bruce Orr, Christopher Steele. (laughs) Steele, listen to me, folks. I'm going to put this together for you. Christopher Steele, alleged dossier (laughs) author, right? Knows Bruce Orr in the Department of Justice as far back as 2007. We know that because Nellie Orr and Bruce Orr have already testified as such. We also know now that they worked on a project as far back as 2010. Bruce Orr, Nellie Orr, and Simpson on the same project about international organized crime, kind of a theme, right? Yeah. one of the dossi- the dossier, right. We now know Nellie Orr got a job with Glenn Simpson after uh, back back in 2015 after these guys were brought on, to be fair, by some Republicans who were brought on at this point to do some oppo research on Donald Trump. But the dossier, they had nothing to do with. I'll get to that in a little while, too. Ladies and gentlemen, they all knew each other. Now, hat tip to one of my sources out there who made a key, uh, key point in all this. So the point we're trying to establish, number one, the dossier was probably not written entirely by Steele. Second, the movie script uh, theory that we have that this was already written in advance and Donald Trump was transplanted is now getting some credibility amongst people who understand the whole story, notably Nunes, right? We now know they all knew each other. These are established relationships way back. Now, none of this is a problem, folks. and I mean this. I'm not being sarcastic. It's not a problem that these people knew each other. I know a lot of people, Joe. I mean, I've worked in the Obama White House. I know people on the Obama side. Um, that's not a an issue. There's nothing wrong with knowing people. Professional connections are certainly nothing new. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm saying they knew each other and had professional ties to each other way back. Because Joe, they leveraged those professional relationships to basically IV intravenous pipeline information right into the Department of Justice using Bruce Orr's position. That's a problem. I sir. This is not the way professional investigations are conducted. Nellie's already admitted, Nellie Orr, and Bruce Orr's already admitted, that he got a memory stick from his wife Nellie, who was working for the same company hired to produce political information against Donald Trump. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a problem. That's not how professional criminal investigations are conducted. I know I did these. I did these events. This was my line of work before. I wasn't into political commentary before this. I was a federal agent and a cop before that. This is not how investigations are conducted. Come on, you know that. Not only are investigations not conducted this way, they're certainly not conducted without disclosing to the FISA court the political bias of all of those involved. The information Nellie's giving to her husband, the number four guy in the Department of Justice, you think he's got some whack, some sway? Yeah. The information she's giving to him is paid political opposition research where there's a political motive to destroy the career and reputation of your opponent. That's what oppo research is. None of this was disclosed to the FISA court that Hillary paid for this. Now, again, I didn't uh, lose my place here. I wanted to just lay the background there. Now, one of my sources brought up a very interesting problem here. Lisa Page's testimony, moving away from the oars for a minute, into the Page testimony we now at least publicly have, although, like I said, Carlson had it. Jeff Carlson had it in January. <laughs> you can read that piece in yesterday's show notes. Problem we have now, Joe, is Lisa Page is questioned about the Central Intelligence Agency, notably John Brennan, and their use of some of the information in the dossier. And Paige Joe seems genuinely surprised that they may have had the CIA, that yeah. is, Brennan, may have had the same information the FBI did. Now, follow me here, brother, and stop me if I get uh, confusing. It's not a mystery to anyone. Everybody in the FBI involved in this case has already acknowledged the fact that they used the dossier. Mm-hmm. It's, that's not a secret mm-hmm. anymore. That, and the dossier was produced by Steele and Simpson, basically, right? We get that. Point stipulated. Mm-hmm. But if you listen to yesterday's show, there's a critical element to this that everybody seems to be missing. The Central Intelligence Agency, led by political hack John Brennan at the time, has not acknowledged that. If you rewatch yesterday's show, you'll note an important point. Brennan has repeatedly stated he did not see the dossier until December of 2016, after the election. Let me quote him. He had not laid eyes on it until after December of 2016. Folks, that seems like a real problem now, because we know Brennan briefed Harry Reid, the Gang of Eight, Nancy Pelosi, and others in August of 2016 about information that was only in one place, Joe. Mm-hmm. The dossier. dossier. Page seems genuinely surprised. Now, you may not be putting a connection I'm making here together. Don't worry. I'll put these Lego blocks together. For
1: I, you. I'm not. I'm not putting the it prob- together yet. You're no. not. Okay. I know.
0: I, I, that's fine. I, I, most people aren't. I, I'm sure. Folks, the problem here... Is if the CIA, notably John Brennan, is using a fake dossier, not vetted, not vetted through normal intelligence channels. Remember, Devin Nunes employed the Devin Nunes translator. Nunes has said multiple times, Joe, no official intelligence was used to start this investigation. That is a critical point. Mm -hmm. In other words, Brennan is running a renegade intelligence operation inside the CIA, not through professional channels, though, Joe, but through professional relationships he's had with other people. It appears highly likely now that Nellie Orr, Bruce Orr, John Brennan, and others are running an information laundering operation where they're pumping information into Brennan at the CIA, bypassing lower levels of the agency uh. because they don't want to be caught funneling a fake dossier. Brennan appears to be taking this information up to Capitol Hill, lobbying, lobbying lawmakers mm-hmm. to push the FBI. They then go to the FBI. Harry Reid writes the letter to the FBI. And the FBI, Joe, is seemingly unaware that the information they're getting from the dossier and the information they're getting from the CIA through Harry Reid and others is from the exact same source. The corpus of creeps. The corpus of creeps. Nice. Uh, I like that. That is a John Brennan reference Joe Mm -hmm. is making to his corpus of intelligence they used to start this. Do you see my point, Joe? Yeah, now I do. If you're an FBI manager, I am not absolving the FBI of any responsibility or the fact that they wanted to take Trump out. Do not take this the wrong Mm. way. I'm simply suggesting to you that people at the FBI, you're an FBI manager, you're reading this dossier from a source you've used in the past, Christopher Steele, you assume is reliable because you've used him before, right? Mm -hmm. You don't like Trump anyway, so you give it like a wink and a nod, even though you know it's probably BS. Now, all of a sudden, Joe, the stuff you're reading in this dossier about corrupt deals between Paul Manafort and Carter Page and all this other stuff, right? Mm -hmm comes over to you, you're this FBI manager, you have the dossier, okay? You get another letter from Harry Reid. Prominent United States Senator, leader of the Democrat caucus in the United States Senate. And in that letter is the same information you're looking at in the dossier. You're like, wow, this has to be legit. Now we we, we strongly strongly suspect Mm -hmm. that that information that came from Reed came from Brennan and that information that came from Brennan through professional relationships he likely had was either taken from foreign intelligence officials or people in the United States working as political operatives who fed him the information in the dossier, which he is on the record lying about. Ladies and gentlemen, as my sources email uh, the other day said, Now, does the scrub the lists email make sense? Mm. In other words, we talked Mm -hmm. about it yesterday, the John Solomon article in yesterday's show notes, how there's an email chain. There's this suspicious email chain when the "Mm," hits the fan about scrubbing the CI list between one of the investigators and the FBI scrubbing the lists. In other words, go back and this is after the election of Trump. They now panic, Joe. Right after the election of Trump in November, they have to scrub the list. They want to make sure now that it appears the information they received from Harry Reid, likely from Brennan prior to that, and Steele, that that information is scrubbed and they go and, 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 and discontinue Steele as a source, making it look like they found this out in advance. Also, The scrubbing the list may be a reference to going and now checking with the CIA after, not before. In other words, they should have done their homework on this information from Harry Reid before, Mm -hmm. Joe, right? Yep, yep. yep. Oh, yeah. In other words, Harry, where'd you get this information? It's no good if you use it as confirmation bias to confirm your information. If you've already walked into court with it to then go back and confirm it after. That's like getting an arrest warrant for Joe, arresting him and finding out later your information was bad. You should have confirmed the information before. Maybe that scrub the list means something a little different. Where they going back and scrubbing the information with the CIA. Remember, there's that part where they ask Bill step, they email each other like, hey, have we scrubbed the list basically with these other agencies out there? In other words, have we asked these other agencies if they're using the same source we did? Mm-hmm. Big trouble. Now you see why Pelosi all of a sudden's backing away. Mm-hmm. Backing away on this impeachment stuff. She was in these briefings. Folks, the information came back to the same guy, Simpson and Fusion GPS. And it was bogus. Yeah, dude. And now we know Orr has all these professional ties to the CIA in the past. Was Nor was Orr, I mean, what kind of access did Orr have, Nelly Orr? What was she doing as a language analyst over there? <laughs> what is she doing back there? <laughs> ah! To me, what was she doing back there? All right, I got more on this, so stay tuned. All right, All right today's show also brought to you by buddies at Hair Club. Hey, your confidence is important. Sometimes one change can make all the difference. Hair Club knows this, and they're inviting you to become part of the Hair Club family to see how getting the most out of your hair can change your life. They understand the emotions you're feeling, and they know the questions you have. Hair Club is the leader in total hair solutions with a legacy of success for over 40 years. We get a lot of nice compliments about Hair Club on our email, so we appreciate that. Whether you're looking to revitalize the growth of your own hair or to learn about the latest proven methods for hair replacement or restoration, Hair Club's professionally trained stylists, hair health experts, and consultants will craft a personalized solution for you you to ensure you feel your best and you get the most out of your hair see for yourself how powerful great hair can be again we get a lot of good feedback about hair clubs so check them out get ready to love your hair if you're a new client to hair club just dial star star zero zero five from your mobile phone and they'll shoot you a text to schedule your free hair health and scalp analysis right now from your phone that star star zero zero five to set your appointment and get your free hair care kit and two hundred and fifty dollar credit toward qualifying services. That's a total value of $300 for new clients. Or if you're a new client, again, just dial star star 005 from your mobile phone and they will get you that text and get you analysis. Remember, that's $300, uh, total value of $300 for new clients. Experience your hair, your life at its best only with Hair Club. I'm certain you'll love the club. We get a ton of good feedback about them. Go check out Hair Club. Again, dial star star 005 from your mobile phone and they will schedule your free hair health and scalp analysis right now from your phone. Check it out. OK, um, so yesterday, Chris Cuomo, I got a, I was checking out a piece by Chris Cuomo. I think it was from the day before. It's it's, it's recent. And Chris Cuomo from CNN, uh, who I, I'm, I'm not sure. Does he pretend to be a journalist? I, I'm not being... Um I'm not trying to be a jerk because like he—he acknowledges he's an opinion guy, or does he pretend to be no. a reporter? Because he's not; he's an opinion. Right. guy. And if he is an opinion guy, um, that's fine. But he's not an unbiased reporter. Uh, if he claims as such, then that's entirely disingenuous. I want to show you a brief clip of an interview he did with Matt Gates, where again, this goes to show you the confirmation bias of people on CNN and elsewhere who are—they engage in these what the, what the young kids call on Twitter "cell phones." Cell phones, meaning you do something so stupid it reflects poorly. On you, yet you celebrated. it. You've owned yourself. You've got, you've owned, it's a cell <laughs> phone. So Cuomo is interviewing Matt Gates, Republican congressman from Florida, uh, and he's interviewing him to be clear about Ukrainian ties to Paul Manafort and alleged payments and the sharing of polling data uh, alleged that Manafort, uh, actually I'm not sure if they've pled to that or not, but allegations that Paul Manafort, Trump's prior campaign manager shared polling data with a Ukrainian who may have shared that with Russians. So of course, Cuomo Joe thinks that's evidence of collusion. So you following (laughs) me? Cuomo's alleging Trump's former campaign manager, by the way, there's no allegation Trump knew anything about this. Shared polling data with a Ukrainian who may have shared it with the Russians. And Cuomo's convinced this is evidence of collusion. Now, he gets in this back and forth with Gates but it's funny how Cuomo leaves out actual documented collusion because he just doesn't know much, or he's a hack. So play that cut.
1: But he doesn't get to be the judge, jury, and executioner. And he's in he charge is. of the. He's in charge of the office of special counsel. But merely the fact that he has made an allegation in court does not mean it is true. The reason we have Paul lawyers is to go test those things. Paul Manafort never denied it. It's not about a felony or you're fine. You can do bad things that are not a crime, and to, for you. You to be disinterested in that is silly. You it's care about things all the time it's about the that aren't crimes. Standard. It's a, it's, I'm not saying we don't care about things that aren't crimes. I'm saying we're not going to impeach anyone he didn't even for deny something it. that isn't a crime. He didn't even deny giving that's it to because him. He was, that's because he was making a plea deal, but as you've seen through your Corsi. Which he did about. If he was right. going to lie about other things, why not lie about but this? But you have evidence on the record that the Mueller team was trying to get people into those plea agreements and then force them to lie about oh, Trump. Oh, and now, that's why now, Corsi, please, hold all, on, Chris, you, hold on. What proof do you? have that Mueller tried to get people to lie about the president? Corsi's testimony. Corsi saying publicly that the reason that his plea deal got 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 shattered was because he was unwilling to lie. So that's that, what he that, says. You don't have any proof that that's what happened, Mr. No, what's but, your but, evidentiary but, but, standard? Look, Jerome look, Corsi not somebody that I think you would hang your hat on as a credibility contest. Now you want to take his word on. <laughs> no, look, I'm not saying that, that, that I can't take like Mueller's word, but you want to take Corsi's no, word. I think all these things should be tested. I think all of them should be tested. That's I what we're doing right now. judicial forum is the right way to test them. And I certainly don't look. It's not the only this is forum, Matt. If this is what they got, if what the Democrats got is that Manafort shared some polling information with some people that were loosely affiliated with, with Russians, I, I do not, I think that look, clearly that is not going to result in a This is hysterical. This is one of the funniest
0: clips I've ever seen. Now, I immediately, after I saw it, got on the phone with my resident debunker-in-chief, my researcher at Bongino.com, Matt Palumbo, who put together a fine piece. Please read it in the show notes today. Paula put it up on the screen. For those watching on the YouTube channel, where you can see the video and all this, youtube.com slash Bongino. For those of you who want to watch the show visually, um, it doesn't impact their audio at all, but Paula has the headline up on the screen here. Uh, Chris Cuomo makes a flimsy case that Manafort proves collusion. I said, Matt, you've got to get on this because it's kind of funny that Cuomo is saying, hey, man, listen, what's your evidentiary standard here? This is this is evidence. This is this is prima facie. This is it. Uh, Manafort shared this information with the Ukrainian. But notice what he ignores, what he ignores completely. Cuomo ignores the fact that there is a Ukrainian lawmaker, a guy by the name of Serhii Lashenko, who Nellie Orr, ah, you see the tie-in? Nellie Orr with there former Central Intelligence Agency ties, now working for the company, working for Hillary, to gin up information on Trump and passing information to the husband and DOJ. Yeah, that Nellie Orr. That Nellie Orr has already admitted in her congressional testimony that one of the sources for Fusion GPS, Joe, foreign sources for their information was Ukrainian lawmaker Sergei Lyshenko. Hey! who is actually being prosecuted by the Ukrainian government for interfering in the U.S. election. Cuomo leaves that entirely out of his analysis. This is what I cannot stand about the liberal media. Again, he's not a journalist. If he claims to be as such, he needs to retract that. But as an opinion guy, he's entitled to his opinion. I respect his opinion. But his opinion is so two-faced, or it's ignorant, or he just doesn't know. You see where I'm going with this, Joe? Yes, he alleges on one side... That evidence of Donald Trump colluding with the Russians or this big nefarious scheme is that Manafort, the campaign manager, may have shared polling data with a Ukrainian. That's his case. He entirely ignores that a CIA, formerly CIA connected woman whose husband's in the DOJ, who she's passing information to, has already acknowledged that the company she works for got information from a Ukrainian about Trump. (laughs) And is being prosecuted. See, he ignores that completely. This, uh, listen, <laughs> Gates is sharp, and I like Gates. Uh, disclosure: I know Gates; I've met him. Um, he missed that. That was a ground ball. I mean, I'm not knocking. He's got a lot going on. And I, you know, you miss stuff all the time. They're live interviews. You never know where these wackadoodles on CNN are going to go. But it was a that was a grounder. Like, okay, Chris, this I do this all the time when debating leftists. I'm just trying to establish what your principles are. Okay. So, Chris, so we, we're arguing about—you get what I'm saying, Joe? We're mm-hmm. arguing about what the rules are going to be mm-hmm. for this boxing yeah, yeah. match, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what principles in the debate are. So we're arguing about, essentially, principles. And, Chris, you're stating to me—this is how I would have engaged in that. And granted, it's easy for me to Monday morning quarterback. I can watch it and go over it in advance. So again, it's not a shot at Gates. I don't take it personal. He's very good. But it would have been better to say, okay, Chris, your principle now— is that Manafort's contact with a Ukrainian, Konstantin Kalimnik, exchanging perfectly legal information, polling data, right, Joe? Something illegal. The Russians could have run, as Matt indicates in his piece, Joe, the Russians could have run a poll themselves. They do it through Sputnik all the time. Mm -hmm. There's nothing illegal about running a poll in the United States. Now, untoward, unseemly, Yeah, kind of gross, this dealing with these international people about Trump's campaign. And keep in mind, there's no allegation whatsoever Trump had any idea this was going Mm -hmm. on, right? None. Zero. Nothing. So, Chris, you're saying on principle that sharing information that's not illegal with Ukrainians who may have shared it with the Russians is nasty criminal and evidence of what? Impeachment? Donald Trump's bad conduct? And that he should be condemned. Are we, Chris, is that what you're saying? Yes, Matt, that's what I'm saying. Okay, thank you, Chris. Now, can we agree then that I agree with you that may be untoward and somewhat unseemly, but it happens all the time. We know John Podesta's uh, team and his brother, uh, the Podesta Group. We know Tony Podesta had done some work with the Ukrainians too. Um, do you have a problem with that? Chris would probably say, yes, I do. Okay, good, Chris, now we're getting somewhere. Chris, do you have a problem With the fact that this entire case is based on a dossier produced by a company that is now some of the people working for that company, notably the Department of Justice's number four uh, member's wife, has already admitted on the record that that same company was dealing with Ukrainians as well to get information on Trump. Does that bother you, too, considering that's the company whose information was used in a FISA court to spy on Donald Trump? How do you feel about that, Chris? (gasps) Uh. Uh, Mama, Demilo, what is she doing? With, uh, cut the commercial, cut the, shut his mic off, shut his mic off. I know for a fact Cuomo would run for the hills on that because acknowledging that one little piece of information would acknowledge the entire investigation into Trump is a politi- politically motivated hack job. And Cuomo's just looking for a way out with classic whataboutism. And what about, nothing wrong with whataboutism as long as it's based on principle. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with you saying, well, what about this and what about that? I do it all the time. My problem, Joe, Mm -hmm. is Cuomo doesn't have principles. He's suggesting that Manafort dealing with a Ukrainian is evidence of some massive conspiracy on behalf of the president and his team. Mm -hmm. Yet when you bring up the exact same and worse connections with Ukrainians and companies paid for by Hillary, all of a sudden they all go quiet, folks. Every one of them pipes down real fast. Yeah, daddy. Please read Matt's piece. Matt points out a couple other gems. Matt always does good work. And uh, stay. by the way, folks, get ready for his book. His book about debunking liberal nonsense is going to be a a must read before the election. So uh, get ready for that. But Matt's piece is really good. He points out another couple key pieces. Again, Russians could have paid for the poll themselves. It's not illegal. So again, untoward, unseemly, Manafort may have been sharing this information with a Ukrainian mm-hmm. who may have shared it with the Russians. Matt points out another point there, Joe. Russians just could have read the Washington Post. We're polling data about the presidential race was yeah. being, being disclosed every day. That's what day, I was thinking. Right? Yeah. So this is, not folks, this is not a big deal. But a Ukrainian, Leshenko, exchanging information with Fusion GPS... A Ukrainian lawmaker who's made serious allegations have been ma- been, uh, against Manafort about this black ledger, these payments, which are still unproven. That's serious stuff. Okay. Hey, Paula, can we jump around a little bit? Do we have that Elizabeth Warren uh, piece of video just to lighten it up a little bit before I get to some more serious stuff? Hey, 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 Paula, you think we could do graphics or something? My poor wife. She's like working her butt off on this show. We're trying to keep our expenses low, folks, to keep the show it's always going to be free for you. Don't don't worry. But we we wanna make it cost effective for sponsors who want to be here and everything too. Uh so Paula's doing like 20 different things and Joe's doing like 20 different things. It's a it's a small team, is and we'll call them the three musketeers for now. But would be really great if we could get like a series of awards. Joe, in Saverna Park, there's a trophy place. You know, do you yeah. you're in Saverna Park. You know what? Uh, Squisitos, the pizza place. Yeah, there's a yeah. there's an Italian Isis place and a barbecue right in that park. And I used to live near Joe. There's a trophy place, Joe. You, I'll send you. You can voucher it. I'll send you the money. Can you go get a little award, just a little trophy? Because I want to do a segment. Least self-aware politician of the day, month, potentially year. We need a trophy, though. Can we have a <laughs> least self-aware politician? That least self-aware. Politician <laughs> yesterday uh, definitely goes to Elizabeth Warren. Um, Elizabeth Warren, Senator from Massachusetts, now running for president who it's now on the record um, has falsely claimed her uh, significant Indian American heritage. It appears to leverage uh, a minority background to get into and use that in professional relationships, although she swears she never did that. We already know on her bar application after her legal exams, she had claimed she was Indian American. We know now that that is false, that Joe and I are more Indian American than Elizabeth Warren is. Uh, Donald Trump jokingly calls her Pocahontas. So this is a quick cut, but she's asked a question by Mika Brzezinski. I always say that, but Brzezinski, um, about this college admissions scandal where these Hollywood celebs paid money to get their kids into elite schools. <laughs> and she's asked about... <laughs> Dude! <laughs> she's just playing. Yeah, Paula's like, just play the darn cut. Play the cut.
1: I want to ask you some questions about other issues that you would would confront as president. Rapid fire. Okay. Just your gut. Your gut on these core things. So as a parent, how much sympathy would you have uh, for these parents who are embroiled in this alleged cheating scandal? Zero. Zero. Okay.
0: Listen, this is a double We need a double Motley today. I'm sorry. I hate him again. (laughs) Paula's, yeah, Joe, just to show you how, how Paula's been coming around to Mutley, she actually added, for those of you, again, who want to watch on the YouTube channel too, yeah. youtube.com slash Bongino, you can watch at Bongino.com too, no Paul Paula's actually adding a Mutley graphic in, oh, a- uh, All right, I got to move it. It's just hysterical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do you feel about fraud to get into the Oh, I have zero tolerance for that. Oh, do you? Least some, get Joe, get that award. We need that trophy. Oh, yeah. Least self-aware politician of the day, Liz Warren. Nice work, Liz. <laughs> I have zero tolerance for that. Uh, okay. Yeah. Nice that. work there. All right. Moving on to more serious stuff. So, Um, you know I've been on top of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her comments recently because it's important she has become the de facto ideological leader of the left embarrassingly so because she just doesn't know that much Uh, I don't say that as an insult I just say because the things she says are just wrong are factually incorrect and it's important we call them out we have to get out in front of this ladies and gentlemen the way these ideological revolutions take hold is oh let's just ignore it she'll go away no she won't I promise you uh um, so Carl Rove has an interesting piece in the Wall Street Journal today. Um, and in that piece, he points out a couple of nonsensical things. Mr. Ocasio-Cortez had said at South by Southwest. I just want to motor through a couple of them quick because I got a couple other things to get to. Um, One of them that he points out, and I'm going to bring up two other things she said as well, but he points out that now she's claiming that even FDR's policies may have been discriminatory and hit the uh, black community hard. Now, we know FDR, Democrat, by the way, is the one who put the the Japanese in internment camps unquestionably uh, horrendous and discriminatory. But it's interesting how Ocasio-Cortez, I told you how these ideological revolutions on the left, where they want state power, not individual rights, they always cannibalize themselves. They implode because you're never pure enough. In a rush for state power, Joe, leftists leapfrog each other to make more ridiculous claims about how in charge the government should be. Let's have 70% tax rates. Let's have 80. Let's have 90. Let's have 100. Let's put people in prison if they don't give us their property. Let's kill them if they don't. That's how these dangerous ideological revolutions start. And they cannibalize each other because they all want to make themselves look more pure in terms of this state-run revolution. So it's not unusual that Ilhan Omar, another far leftist, is attacking Obama, nor is it unusual that Ocasio-Cortez is now attacking FDR and his homeownership policies uh, during the, the New Deal, the original. original. Original New Deal. She's claiming that the New Deal promoted a home ownership plan called the Homeowners Loan Corp that discriminated against Black Americans. And as Rove points out in the piece, there's no evidence of that at all. Matter of fact, detailed studies have been done on this homeowner's loan corp showing that the rate of black ownership versus white ownership both have gone up, but it stayed consistent the entire time. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, facts get in the way of her argument, even when she's trying to knock her fellow Democrats. I don't support government intervention in the housing market at all. I hope you're clear on that. I'm just saying that nothing she tells you is actually true. There's no study that supports what she said that FDR was this proponent of, of, of discriminatory housing policies against black black Americans and minorities? None. There's no evidence. She's just making it up. Secondly, she said during the the speech, again, she took this shot at Reagan, that Reagan somehow had a negative impact on black Americans and minority Americans. This is, ladies and gentlemen, this is not true. If you look up the work of Joseph Perkins, who's done work on Reagan and the middle class during the Reagan years, the black middle class, the the black middle class during the Reagan years, ladies and gentlemen, expanded by a third. For liberals, that's 33%. I know you have a tough time in math. I get it. Repeating decimal. Cool. Uh, 33%. is The black middle class expanded by 33%. How exactly that's damaging the black middle class? Again, Ms. Cortez is just making this up. I can spend all day on this, but one more quickly. Uh, Matt had a piece, Matt Palumbo, it's up at the debunk this on her website, about how, again, she's making claims that worker productivity is at an all-time high, and yet wages are moving down. Ladies and gentlemen, that is nonsense, not backed up by the data at all. But what they do to make that, in other words, worker productivity, that producing more stuff, in other words, making companies richer, Joe, and that workers aren't being paid more, that's nonsense. Mm -hmm. Worker wages are going up, are going up dramatically. And secondly, the trick they use there is they use different forms of inflation to measure worker wages and to measure productivity. Why would you do that? Because you want to make productivity appear higher and wages appear lower. That's the only reason in any study you would do something so ridiculous. She's just making it up, folks. And I'm even worse, I don't even think she's making it up. I think she's being fed these talking points by staffers. Hey, make sure you say FDR's housing policies discriminate against blacks. It'll make us look more pure. You know, make sure you say Reagan hit the black middle class. None of this is actually true. She just repeats it. Make sure you say productivity is going up and middle class wages have gone down. That's not true either. She's just making it up. By the way, a lot of those studies leave out the cost of health care, which is rising because of liberal policies. When you factor in the cost of employee provided health care, you find that wages have gone up pretty dramatically. But let's not put that into your narrative because it defeats that. It's just so stupid. Okay. Uh, one quick point too, Beto. Listen, be careful with Beto. Okay. I can't say this enough. You know, uh, Beto announced yesterday that he's running for president. Mm -hmm. He did this ridiculous, I did a hit on Laura Ingram last night. He did this uh, ridiculous Vanity Fair. (laughs) Paula, maybe we can throw this in later. The Vanity Fair cover. he's got his dog next to him on the left. The dog looks so depressed being in the photo with (laughs) Beto. It's so depressing, right? But Beto, we had a good time last night on this Beto thing. But on a very serious note, Beto has now announced he's going to run for president against Trump in 2020. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a good um, feel for this kind of stuff. I, I think it's, in my last line of work when you're around candidates all the time in the secret service, I remember doing a, um, when I first got on the job and I first got out of training, uh, they were, uh, they were the president. It was the Gore, the initial Gore, um, Bush campaign, and it was in high speed, and Hillary Clinton was running for the Senate against Rudy Giuliani, and then against Rick Lazio. So I'm a young Secret Service agent, and we would get put on a lot of candidate details. And even though I was I was young in my early twenties, I mean, you know, what do you know in your early twenties? You don't, you, you know, you don't know that much compared to what you learn later in life. I'd be out with candidates and you could get a flavor pretty quick for how efficiently a campaign was running and if their candidate had any shot. And I remember going out to a a detail with then Bill Bradley, who Bill Bradley was like the big deal. He was a New Jersey Democrat politician, used to be a former professional basketball player. This guy, Joe, was going to take out Al Gore for the nomination for president. Mm hmm. And I remember being on that detail thinking, this guy's got no shot. No way. Like, it just wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to happen. They just, they. it was like fetch for Mean Girls. It just wasn't going to happen. But I have a decent flavor for candidates and campaigns. Um, I remember when Obama ran, Paula, you remember this? You remember that phone call, that infamous phone call? I'd been dating my wife at the time, and I uh, missed her a lot. And I was at the Shelbourne Hotel in New York City. And I'm watching the Democratic National Convention on TV. And they're nominating John Kerry for president. Who gives a speech? Barack Obama, senator from Illinois. And I call my girlfriend at the time, now wife, and I said, Paula, this guy is big, big trouble. And then during the campaign against uh, Hillary for the nomination, when Hillary was considered a shoo-in, a shoo-in, I'm getting calls from Secret Service agent friends of mine are saying, "Uh-uh." They said, "I will bet my right arm on it that this guy Barack Obama beats Hillary." Mm-hmm. You know why, Joe? People were showing up in mass, in mm-hmm. mass at Obama rallies. Folks, Barack Obama snuck up on a lot of people who played him. Ah, this guy community organizer, just like with AOC, and just like with Beto, do not. Play these people down. You are doing yourself no favors. These crowds are not fake. They are real crowds. AOC drew 3,200 people in the South by Southwest Festival. The fact that she doesn't know anything right now is not stopping people from following her. It is your job to take them seriously. That was the mistake the left made with Donald Trump. Oh, look at this guy. Orange man. Bad. Ignore him. Look who's the president now. Mm. (laughs) Nelson Muntz time. Do not ignore Beto. This guy is a serious threat. I mean that. He draws big crowds, and he has a real sense of charisma. He's wrong on just about everything. He has gone to the left in some cases of Cortez. He wants to rip down border walls. I'm sure she'd do the same thing. Do not play this guy down. You know what? Big mistake. I'm going to start calling him Bino. You know, Sean calls him bozo. Sean Hannity calls him <laughs> he's bozo. Full of so, Joe, so we got Beano. That's good. We got Bino. Uh, all right. a Couple more quick stories, and we we can rock and roll. So, you know, I've been all over this fight we're having with the uh, the left right now to get Tucker Carlson, yeah, uh, tossed off the air, uh, and how I just think it's naive to portray the fight as anything else. You know, I mean, I saw an article today. Uh, again, in the Washington Examiner, which has pro and con. I, again, I'm not not the Examiner's a great site. I use their stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. But by uh, Kimberly Ross, who wrote in the Washington Examiner, again with this shot on. Uh, Talker about the uh, about the language used in the I get it. Everybody. I, what I don't understand is why we keep having to highlight that. Joe, they're ten year old comments that clearly uh, Carlson would like to take back. I don't. I don't get why, as a a, a a movement on the right, it does us any good to continue to highlight this. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand that. That the intentions of the left are clear. I, I would agree if the intentions on the left were, hey, we're not trying to get him thrown off the air. We're not boycotting him. We're not trying to silence conservatives and suppress the first amendment or anything like that all we're trying to do right now is get tucker to acknowledge this language fine whatever then then continue to hide but that's not what's going on joe what's going on is an organized far left effort funded by moneyed people media matters and the clowns over there to get conservative voices thrown off the air and to bury them and to scare them into submission that's under please understand the fight That's why I don't get why constantly highlighting what was said, how that is in any way. We all get it. We can hear it ourselves. Great. We all have an opinion on it. Shouldn't have said this. Shouldn't have said that. Great. We all understand that. Now, my problem with this is, Joe, as I said before, I like to tie everything in the show together. Mm -hmm. Arguing with Chris, Chris Cuomo, as Gates did, I want to know what the principles are. Are the principles contact with Ukrainians are a bad thing? If so, why are the contacts with the Ukrainians in the Fusion GPS case not a bad thing? Because I noticed, Chris, you didn't bring that up. On this case, so are the principles we're arguing with Media Matters people, are the principles that comments, however old, Joe, and however much people have changed, evolved, to use a Democrat words, that comments, however old, are grounds for boycotts, which is unquestionably what Media Matters is doing, mm-hmm. Are they grounds for boycotts and speech suppression and getting people basically blacklisted forever? Is that the principle? Because that's the principle Media Matters is operating on. By the way, it's only a matter of time before they boycott this and every other show out there too. It doesn't matter. They'll just make stuff up. Is that the principle? Why am I asking this? Because as Peter San has in The Daily Caller, He has a fascinating piece I'll put up in the show notes about how the head of Media Matters that's operating on the principle that older comments people make, that everybody should be judged by them forever, apologies, not accepted, nothing, and everybody should be fired, sidelined, and boycotted, has a fascinating piece with the Media Matters president, Angelo Corazon. He wrote a couple blog posts in his past, Joe, about, I'm quoting him, by the way, Mm -hmm. about quote, JAPs. Jews and Jewry and quote, trannies. And in this, Angelo Corso, who runs Media Matters, is wondering why we're writing about. He wrote this article about a Bangladeshi man being robbed and a bunch of quote, trannies that did it. He wrote, he's writing about how for a Jewish person, this guy was, for a Jewish person, he was handsome. What the hell does that mean? Yeah. Despite his Jewry, this is his. These are actual quotes, folks. Come on. And he and he and he says in another piece about uh allegations that a Japanese coach had uh sexually harassed or molested some girls. And he tells them to get over it, Japs. Ladies and gentlemen, this is real. This is the head of Media Matters. Angelo curazon That's his name. Remember it. Because he's a slob. And he goes after people for comments in their past while Media Matters. And there's a guy at Media Matters, this clown. He calls himself a researcher, Andrew Lawrence. I get a kick out of this guy because he's obsessed with me in like a creepy way. I may mean, have to get like an <laughs> order of protection against yeah. him because this guy's a weirdo. I mean, a total weird, like lunatic weirdo. He's a totally obsessed. He writes about me all the time. Go to his Twitter feed. I'm in there all the time. I tweeted to him last night the article about the guy he works for, at Media Matters. He's a researcher, are you researching? This? And he's awfully quiet. Andrew, what happened? You were such a loudmouth. You were such a brave guy at the tip of the spear at the vanguard of civility and, and 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 doing the right thing for your cause, right? Taking out those awful republicans on the right. And all of a sudden I tweet you an article about the clown you're working for, the joker, the bigot you're working for, and you got real quiet. What happened, buddy? Where are you? A Twitter account got awfully slow. A joke. All right. Um, I, I didn't forget this. I said in the beginning of the show. Uh, I've been getting some tweets about this, and it's driving me crazy. And I usually I don't answer these kind of you know jerks on Twitter, but one I, I don't know how he creeped into my timeline. Maybe someone with a check mark retweeted him or something. Hmm. But again, with this nonsense rumor, I mentioned at the beginning of the show. That the dossier and all this information that was in it was paid for in advance by Republicans. It was paid for by—ladies and gentlemen, that is not true. Uh, From the Washington Examiner, this is an older piece, I believe Beckett Adams wrote it, but I'll just quote from it quickly. Because no matter how many times, Joe, we debunk this, um, really stupid people continue to spread this—it's fake, it's not true— Uh, Quote Beckett Adams here, after Trump had won the nomination, the Free Breakin dropped the project. The Free Brecon is obviously a conservative-leaning outlet. Dropped the project, the Oppo Research Project, into Trump. It was at that point that Democrat operatives swooped in, bringing along with them former British spy Christopher Steele. It is from Steele's work that we get all this Russia business. Ladies and gentlemen, the dossier was not paid for by Republicans. That is made up. That is fabricated. It's nonsense. It is total garbage. Please uh, don't buy that. Okay. um, last story for the day. Speaking of AOC, Beto, and all these other far leftists, some of them running for president, you know, Beto, Liz Warren, Kamala Harris, and others. Uh... You know, they keep talking about this expansion of healthcare, government-run healthcare for all. They call it Medicare for all. It's really government-run healthcare. But I saw an interesting article that was sent to me by a listener about Finland, um, how Finland and their universal healthcare program is basically bankrupting the entire country, mm-hmm. Joe. The government, the prime minister of Finland just had to resign and take his entire cabinet with him because the, wait, there it is at the Washington Free Beacon there. The entire government and cabinet had to resign. Zhuhas uh, uh the prime minister there, because they can't afford it and nobody knows what to do. They They don't know how to give the people the hard news. The hard news is this. There's no money. There is no money to pay for this. Okay? There is no money to pay for this. There is no taxpayer base to pay for it. The financing of healthcare by government introduces inherent inefficiencies because neither cost nor quality matter anymore. Everywhere the government gets involved, cost and quality goes down. Costs explode, quality goes down. Because the government's paying, not the consumer. Folks, the Finnish government, Finland, all these countries and Scandinavian countries, Finland and elsewhere, and these other countries. That the left constantly cites as examples of social democracy, social, uh, you know, democratic socialism, an example of success. They are going bankrupt. Sweden and some of these other countries are moving away from this largely government-run model into allowing private insurance now because they can't afford it anymore. So if your friends dare to cite you, Finland and some of these other countries as examples of success, if there's success, why did the government just resign? The PM just resigned he took his whole cabinet with because they can't fix this problem. Read the article in the show notes at the Free Beacon. It's a really good one. It's definitely worth your time. All right, folks, listen, stay in the fight, please. Uh, I know it's the end of the show, but I mean it. With regards to this Tucker thing, keep your eye on the prize. Understand, everybody out there has things in their, you know, past and stuff they'd like to take back and you know say differently that's not the fight right now the fight right now is keeping conservative voices salient on the air boycott free and keeping them out there for public ears so we can fight this ideological fight in the forums people care about that matters keep your eye on the prize All right, thanks again for tuning in, folks. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes. If you go to iTunes, a podcast app, you have it on your phone, just click subscribe. It's free. It's the subscriptions that help us move up the charts. Can't say that enough. Um, iHeart, if you have an Android Android device, you can go to iHeartRadio, click the follow button. You can also follow us on SoundCloud. It means a lot to us. Thanks a lot, folks. I appreciate your time. I will see you all tomorrow, hopefully with no new medical maladies. See you tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.